nearly one-third of all points allowed by the Ohio State defense in 2022 came in the final two games against Michigan and Georgia, respectively, where the Wolverines scored 45 and the Georgia Bulldogs scored 42. A total of 87 points allowed in the final two games, whereas for all 13 games of Ohio State's season, the Buckeyes only allowed 273 points. Ohio State's defense in 2021 was 38th in the country in points allowed per game. It improved to 24th in 2022, and yet the defense was still the thorn in the side of Ryan Day. With his offense scoring 41 against a Georgia team that was 15-0 and and won the national title and fielded, a defense that was definitely in the nation's top two. Georgia's defense and Iowa's defense were in that elite tier category, and Georgia obviously had a lot more five-star talent than Iowa did, and Ohio State shredded Iowa's defense earlier in the year, albeit Iowa had the nation's worst offense paired with that defense, but they hung 54 points in Iowa's defense they hung 41 on Georgia's defense but Georgia and Stetson Bennett and Brock Bowers they had a great offense great offensive line and Todd Monken in my opinion was the nation's best or second best offensive coordinator and play caller last season in 2022 only behind or just ahead of Garrett Riley who won the Broyles award and is now at Clemson The defense for Ohio State has not been the same since Ryan Day's first year in 2019. In 2020 and in 2022, the secondary looked abysmal by Ohio State standards, and that's not putting it lightly, that's not being too harsh either, that's being just right. By Ohio State standards being outside of the top 50 in defensive passing efficiency, which Ohio State was in 2022, is totally unacceptable. Also, in my opinion, being outside of the top 20, let alone outside of the top 10, top 15, and points allowed per game is unacceptable for an Ohio State defense. It just is. Jim Knowles last year, to his credit, was in year one. The defense was much better in the first 11 games, and in the Michigan game, Even in the Georgia game, it wasn't all quarters, all four quarters where the defense looked bad. The defense just eventually fell apart. It was almost like, especially in the secondary, but even all around, that there just wasn't enough depth, not enough toughness, and that the scheme was just, it couldn't match up with elite offenses. Or in Michigan's case, which I wouldn't argue Michigan last year had an elite offense, but they had an elite offensive line, and they had an elite run game. Georgia's offense truly last year, no matter how you want to spin it, was elite. I mean, Stetson Bennett had a top five passer efficiency. Brock Bauer still had a fantastic season. They had Darnell Washington. Their offensive line was up there with Michigan's and performed much better when it mattered most in the postseason. Georgia smashing TCU, who beat Michigan, and they were able to run on an Ohio State defense that, for most of the year outside of the Michigan game and parts of the Penn State game, 
was able to easily shut down opponents' run games. Now, how will this Ohio State defense be different this season, be different compared to the 2021 unit? There's been consistent struggles. There are plenty of questions, especially at secondary and with schematics. Jim Knowles, play calling, heard him at Michigan, and matchups, discipline, overall depth, killed against Georgia, where Lathan Ransom fell down, allowed a long touchdown, the defense just not being able to shut down Georgia when it mattered most at the end of the game, whereas Ohio State dominated for three quarters of that game, all that mattered was that Georgia dominated the final quarter, the fourth, winning by one point as Noah Ruggles missed a field goal. Which special teams, as many of you Buckeye fans have brought to me, is an area where Ohio State needs to be looked at as well. But all in all, today we're talking about the defense, and I think both the defense and the special teams unit will be good in 2023. Now why is that? Well, for starters, Ohio State returns 77% of their defensive production from 2022, which is 20th in the country. We know the offense is going to be great. They return all their running backs, all their wide receivers. Guards Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones return. Jackson, five-star out of high school. He has all-American potential at guard. Certainly first-team all-Big Ten potential at guard, in my opinion. Carson Hinsman and Jacob James are battling it out for center, which is going to be the area with least experience by position, probably for the entire starting lineup for Ohio State outside of maybe kicker. Quarterback, that's another area that lacks experience, but Ryan Day has a great reputation there. I guarantee you that whether Kyle McCord or Devin Brown start, they're going to have fantastic seasons. The offense, I could make an entire video on, but the defense has more question marks, and I think it's going to be more important for Ohio State because they have had, by efficiency metrics, the best offense for two years in a row. They've had the top two offense two years in a row. They were first in 2021, second in 2022 when it came to scoring offense. And Tennessee's, to their credit, they had the better scoring offense. But just look at their games versus Georgia versus common opponents. Tennessee's offense just doesn't have the depth, the trench play, wide receivers, or even quarterback to compete with the likes of Georgia. They're just not there yet. Now, schematically, I think Tennessee was superior to Ohio State last season in terms of play calling, matchups, utilizing the talent they had. And I think that Ryan Day releasing some control on play calling duties and continuing to recruit at a high level and hiring Brian Hartline, promoting him to be the offensive coordinator and not just the wide receivers coach is going to help the offense a lot. The defense, though, the defense is going to be the biggest part of this team, I think. They return more production, and the defense, the offense we know is going to be elite. The defense, if Ohio State's going to win a national title, if they're going to win the Big Ten, and even with this schedule, they now play on the road at Notre Dame, and they're going to be playing on the road at Wisconsin, they're going to be playing Minnesota, and obviously they're going to be playing Penn State, Michigan, Their schedule this year, I think, will be tougher in the regular season if they're going to want to get 11 wins at least again. I think this team is going to have to improve. 
And the area where that improvement is most likely is on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where you want to see it if you're an Ohio State fan. JT Chuimolau returns. Jack Sawyer returns. Michael Hall Jr., if healthy, should be one of the better defensive tackles in the country. Ty Hamilton is a redshirt junior. He'll be the other starting defensive tackle alongside Michael Hall Jr. Tommy Eichenberg and Seal Chambers return at linebacker. Denzel Burke and Davison Igbenosan are the projected starting corners. The projected starting safeties are Lathan Ransom and Josh Proctor. Proctor was a surprise and welcomed return for Ohio State. Cameron Martinez and Jihad Carter are projected to be battling it out for the noseback position. This is according to rlads.com, and it was updated on May 10th. The transfer portal window closed May 1st. Spring practice ended at the end of April for most teams, or maybe at the latest, the beginning of May. So most things are pretty much set in stone until summer, fall camp, and the actual season begins in late August, early September. I think that returning five starters on defense and bringing in four via the transfer portal is going to help a lot. Eichenberg and Chambers are huge. I think that this defense will be at its best when they're covering or defending the middle of the field. Big plays, that's what hurt Ohio State last year in both of their losses to Michigan and Georgia, were big plays, big passes by Bennett, medium-sized runs by um, Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, and Dejon Edwards. And then against Michigan, it was big passes by J.J. McCarthy, big receptions by Cornelius Johnson and Colston Loveland, and long, dominating runs by Donovan Edwards. Ohio State was really good. When you look at those games, when they were at their best, was when they weren't allowing big plays. They could kind of play this bend-but-don't-break defense, force you into field goals, force you to punt like they'd allow you to get to the middle of the field. They're not this elite team that just forces a three-and-out like every other drive. They weren't that last year, and I don't even know if they'll be that good this year, that elite. But all in all, Last year, when they didn't allow big plays, they were a great defense. Big plays are a big question mark, using big a lot there. But long plays really hurt the Buckeyes last season. And I know that people have told me a while in the comment sections below of that, that Michigan, Georgia, if not for the big plays, they would have beaten Ohio State. Well, no duh, but that's what Jim Knowles has to fix. And I think that the four transfers coming in, two of them being in secondary, one being a high-ceiling interior player, that's humongous. That's, in my opinion, that is really, really impressive. And I just, I look at this team, what they're doing via the transfer portal, and it's good. I mean, they're bringing in Jihad Carter, they're bringing in Davison Igbenosan, they're bringing in Taiwan Malone and then Lorenzo Styles um, coming in as a wide receiver, technically according to 24-7 Sports, but he was playing defensive back with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So you got three secondary players coming in. I don't know where Lorenzo Styles is going to fit. He was an Ohio State legacy recruit because his father played there. We'll see where he appears in the lineup. He's not appearing on ourlads.com, but I imagine that he'll be in that lineup projected 
and updated come the summer. So added depth, especially at secondary. Denzel Burke returns. He had a huge year in 2021, but fell off in 2022. He has a total of 17 passes defended in his career. JT Tuimolau, Jack Sawyer, Ty Hamilton, Michael Hall will anchor the Buckeyes' best defensive line since 2019. It's going to be a great defensive line. Pass rush, interior run stop, and the defensive tackle room is what really catches my eye, if I'm being honest. Not even the defensive ends. JT Tuimolau catches my eye. And he should. He should catch anyone's eye. He had like two interceptions against Penn State, one for a pick six, I think, and he had a forced fumble, a sack or two, several tackles. I mean, he took over that game and won Ohio State that matchup in Beaver Stadium, certainly helped them win. There's a good argument that he might have won that game single-handedly. But outside of him, Jack Sawyer, he's been a non-factor in any game of significance for his career. Caden Curry, Kenyatta Jackson, these are guys that we haven't seen play much. We don't know how good or how bad or how elite they are. Tui Molau, by himself, is a unicorn. By himself, he might make Ohio State's defensive end room the best in the country, but that's one player. That's him alone. The defensive tackle room I really like. You got Michael Hall Jr., Ty Hamilton, Tywone Malone, Tyleek Williams. Those are four defensive tackles that could do wonders at Power 5 schools with good development. And, and Michael Hall Jr. by himself is a great defensive tackle. Unfortunately, suffered with some injuries last season. But the defensive tackle room and Ohio State for a while has struggled in stopping the run. I think at least on the interior of the D-line that changes this season. Michael Hall was tied for first in sacks as a defensive tackle. Tied for first in sacks for Ohio State. He appeared in a total of 10 games out of Ohio State's 13. Played against Michigan, played against Penn State. His best games were against Notre Dame and against Michigan State. He had a sack against Notre Dame. Had a few plays there. Against Michigan State, he had two and a half sacks, three total tackles. He also had his career high of total tackles against Notre Dame with four, and he had a fumble recovery against Rutgers. Jack Sawyer had four and a half sacks and a pass defended. JT Tuimolau had four passes defended, two interceptions for a pick six, a fumble recovery, a forced fumble, and he had 28 total tackles, 16 of them solo a total of three and a half sacks. Obviously his best game being against Penn State. Tommy Eichenberg had 120 tackles last season, and he returns looking to have a potentially bigger year than he did last year. The linebacker core, everyone should be high on. Starters that played in 2021 were even better in 2022 and have the potential to be elite in 2023. The problem is the secondary. They were 68th in passing efficiency on defense. 68th. By comparison, the teams that were in the college football playoff for passing efficiency. Let's look at this. Teams that were in the college football playoff that had 
Look, let's look at their passing efficiency on defense. Number one of that group was Michigan in passing efficiency on defense with a 107.58 passer rating allowed per game. If you look at the TCU game, too, along with the Ohio State game, I mean, these are teams that passed exceptionally well throughout the season and had great passing offenses. When Ohio State and TCU succeeded was when they could run the ball. Max Duggan did not even complete 50% of his passes, and his longest touchdown throw was on a busted short route to Quinton Johnson, which was a blown coverage for Michigan anyway. They had one of the best secondaries in the country, which ironically was only fourth best in the Big Ten as Iowa, Penn State, and Illinois had higher passer efficiencies on defense. Even though I would like to add, Illinois and Iowa's, in my opinion, are legit. If you're a Penn State fan, you're going to hate to hear this, but C.J. Stroud had one of his best games of the season against Penn State passing the ball. But that's just what a paper tiger defense is anyway. Georgia at number 15, they had a 116.71 passer efficiency allowed. They were at 15th. TCU was 48th. They had a better passer efficiency on defense than Ohio State did. They had a 126.2 passer rating allowed per game on average. 48th, top 50. Ohio State was the worst in that category in the college football playoff. They were 68th. They allowed a 131.0 flat passer efficiency per game. Worse than Tennessee, might I add, who had one of the less impressive Power 5 secondaries. Tennessee was at 66th. Baylor was at 60th. Their defense took a nosedive. Missouri, who returns a lot of their defensive production, was 61st last season. UConn was 53rd. Syracuse was 71st. Northwestern, who, due to the windstorm Ohio State struggled to pass against, they were 73rd. So Ohio State, not they were not in comfortable company last season when it came to defending the pass. Their secondary was beyond a problem for them last year. Now, why will that change this season? What will the 2023 defense look like? Well, for starters, it helps when you are top 20 in returning production on defense. And what will help the defense even more is they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be like Iowa's defense, where one mistake equals death by one million razors. That's not what Ohio State's defense is going to have to do, because the offense, despite losing most of their production, which comes from the quarterback, is more likely than not to reload at quarterback. They return all of their skill position players at wide receiver, tight end, running back, outside of quarterback, they return all their skill position players, and the interior of that O-line, if center can be good, because Ohio State has elite guard play, they will be able to run through almost anyone and control the game through the interior of that offensive line. So T.O.P. will become less of a problem for Ohio State's offense. That means more rest time for defense. That plus returning production plus Jim Knowles adapting, making his scheme fit more into a traditional, consistent Big Ten four-man front rather than trying to have a three-and-a-half-man front where that fourth guy is a hybrid linebacker, which didn't work for Jack Sawyer anyway. 
all of these things on their own might not be enough to propel a defense from above average or good to elite, but all those things combined, plus using the transfer portal, plus having five-star and four-star talent on that defense, that will be enough. I think that this defense will be the second best overall in the Big Ten, and I think it will be third nationally. This will be a top-five defense. Last year was very premature to say that this defense would be elite. There were too many question marks. The Buckeyes barely used the portal. The defensive staff outside of Larry Johnson was completely flushed out. It was premature. This year, it's not. Jim Knowles is a legit defensive coordinator, and within four years, he turned Oklahoma State from being poverty on defense to royalty and one of the richest men in the world, if you were to compare the richest men in the world to college football defenses, at Oklahoma State. In 2021, Oklahoma State led the nation in sacks, and they were one of the best defenses in the country. With much more talent than he had at Oklahoma State, and a scheme that is proven, and also having a better offense than he did at Oklahoma State, Ryan Day and Jim Knowles will be able to drastically improve the defense within about half the time. I think the Buckeyes will have 45 or more sacks in 2023. GT2 Mola will have 10 or more of those. Ohio State has not had over 40 sacks since 2019. Now, I don't know if they're going to reach that 54 or 55 amount that they had in 2019. I don't think they have a Chase Young yet. I think Tui Molau could become that Chase Young-type player, but Chase Young was legendary, so I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. And how that could... What could start that is if JT Tui Molau does well this season and then decides to come back for 2023, which I think he has to anyway, because in 2021 he was a true freshman. So I think he has to come back for 2024 anyway. Actually, no, but whatever. I think that if he comes back in 2024, he could be that Chase Young-type player. The secondary, I think, will leap from being outside of the top 50 to being inside of the top 20 in defensive passing efficiency. And they will have 50 or more pass breakups, which is more than the 2022 and 2020 unit though 2020 they played less schemes so obviously they were going to have less passes defended but the 2022 and 2020 secondaries were in the bottom half of ryan day secondaries the 2019 unit obviously being the best 2021 the defense was strange because while the secondary was drastically better than 2020 the front seven was a real problem and it didn't really show until the michigan game didn't show much at all, but it was strange. Denzel Burke had a great year, then collapsed after that. I think that he will be a part of a secondary that rejuvenates and resurrects itself to having a good reputation. I think over 50 pass breakups, which would be close to the 2021 and 2019 totals, will be great. And of course, you have to adjust for all these different things because the 2021 defense was constantly on the field they were stat padded because they were always on the field because ohio state's offense 
didn't care as much about time of possession or running the football or controlling games. But this defense will be closer to the 2019 unit than not. This defense will be the second best in the Ryan Day era. Could, but probably won't, because that 2019 defense was good. You had Jeff Akuda, Chase Young, Jonathan Cooper, other names that because in 2019 I wasn't nearly as active or knowledgeable, I don't know. But I know players on that defense. So NFL level players. I think that this unit, again, will take a huge step forward. Their strengths will be interior run stop. Their overall pass rush, whether it's from defensive ends, linebackers, defensive tackles, or dare I say it, maybe Jim Knowles decides he wants to bring down a safety or corner blitz. From anywhere, this team will be able to get pressure. They're fast, they're big, they're physical. The, the, the strength when it comes to pass defense for this team will less so be the secondary, more so the fact that I think the pass rush will return to what we've been accustomed to under Ohio State, where Larry Johnson and that D-line and the rest of the pass rush is kind of built around that, and they just wreck havoc on the quarterback. I think Michael Hall and Tui Molau will be the two biggest players in that regard. Michael Hall will also be a big impact when it comes to interior run stop. And I say interior because if you look at weaknesses outside run stop, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I think that could be a weakness for this team. Linebacker play overall, whether it's in coverage, whether it's in gap integrity, which was a little questionable last season, but with more experience, more coaching by Jim Knowles, I think that'll be fixed. And overall depth. This team is top three in total talent by recruiting rankings. Only Georgia and Alabama are ahead of them. Now, compared to those two teams, Ohio State's recruiting is more uneven. They love to recruit on the offensive side of the ball. They're not nearly as focused on defensive recruiting as the Crimson Tide and the Bulldogs are. But they still recruit well there. They have a five-star in JT Tuimolau, Jack Sawyer, you also got to watch out for C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles. I mean, they they have a handful of five stars on that defense. And Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks, I haven't mentioned them yet in this video. That's because they're not projected to start. But I think they will get playing time. And you'll see their talents here. And because Ohio State's been able to recruit these players and they're going to be developed by Jim Knowles, I think this defense is going to be set not just for this season, but for seasons after this, in my opinion. I think that depth overall is solid. Linebacker play might be the best in terms of strengths on the team. I think the D-line will be the best unit overall. I mean, you got three elite players, at, at minimum two, at most four, on that starting defensive line. The defensive tackle room is littered with high-ceiling talent. The weaknesses, of course, secondary and also big plays. The outside run is typically where the big plays come, and if you watch, just watch the Michigan game. Donovan Edwards, when he broke off for those two runs, it looks like the play was designed to go more toward the center. He realized that that was, you know, bottled up. Ohio State successfully was able to challenge the interior of Michigan's O-line that day. So what does he do? 
he bounces slightly to the outside, kind of in between, a, whether it's a straight-up-the-middle power run or a stretch, kind of goes in between that and just goes all the way to the end zone. And that also relates to one-on-one press man coverage, which killed Ohio State last year. And I think, again, this year, just because a lot of the same players that dealt with that on the negative side last year are returning, I think that once again could present as a weakness. I really do. And if you don't agree with me on that, that's okay. I mean, Davis and Igbenosin is a big physical corner. Jihad Carter is a proven ACC talent that's being brought in. There are a lot of reasons that some of these strengths or weaknesses could be disputed. So if you disagree with me on any of this, just comment your thoughts down below and I'll be happy to talk to you. Thank you guys for watching this video and enjoying my talk on Ohio State football. Remember to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you can be notified when I release my bold Big Ten predictions video, where I go through some bolder predictions that I have for the Big Ten conference. And also my Pac-12 predictions video is dropping tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.